We meet today in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7 to verse 19. Still talking about the call of the prophet during the reign of Josiah. In our last study, we considered how Jeremiah felt inadequate, unfit, unequipped to do what God had called him for. We will find out that God never makes a mistake in choosing his servants. That will be dealt with in verse 7. Actually, God empowers all he calls and he provides the encouragement and the help that they need. Moreover, God's promise of his presence would dispel Jeremiah's fear, another source of his hesitation, according to verse 8. Jeremiah would be mercilessly opposed and persecuted, but the Lord would preserve him from the attacks of his enemies and give him the moral courage he would so greatly need. Listen to God's answer to Jeremiah's excuse of inadequacy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words into your mouth. Jeremiah 1 verse 7 to verse 9. Isn't this very interesting? Here is a man who feels inadequate to carry out what God has called him to do. The Lord says, don't say what you are saying. It's as if God is even wanting to use the words that he used for Moses to say, who gave you the tongue? And here God says, you shall go to where I send you. Whatever I command you, you shall speak. But as you can see, he was afraid of the faces maybe of the elderly folk who resisted hearing God speaking. He says, you shall deliver the message to them which I have said. But to ensure that what you are going to do, see, I am touching your mouth. I put forth my word into your mouth. What you are going to speak is not your word. That is a good word, my friend. The call of Jeremiah is dependent upon the power of God, not upon human frailties such as age. The breath of his ministry is wherever God chooses to send him. Jeremiah's obligation is to be obedient and not to be afraid. The presence of God will be with the prophet as he goes before the people. The Hebrew word here rendered deliver is nasal and it means snatch away. Yet God's care is not only defensive, but it is also offensive. As he touched the mouth of the prophet, he identified himself personally with the prophet's ministry. The touch may be understood as cleansing, for example, compared with Isaiah chapter 6 verse 7, but here it is really empowering for service. I have put my words in your mouth. This is very important. God has inspired his word, the scriptures, not just the thoughts and the ideas of scriptures. For example, the devil was not inspired by God to tell a lie, 
but the record in scripture that the devil told a lie is inspired. And so God put his words in the mouth of Jeremiah. I need to give a caution and a warning to the beloved who share the word of God. It's very easy to bring about your own ideas, your own opinion. Yet this work is not about giving the opinion of people or even popular opinion. Making the word of God as if it has become something commercial. It is the word of God that brings salvation. It is the word of God that brings hope. It is this word which is living, never to be challenged by time. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. And this is the content of Jeremiah's message in one of the most passages in the book here. The purpose of God in Jeremiah's ministry here are twofold. His purposes are twofold. First destructive and then constructive. You see, that is judgment and salvation. God's word is accompanied with power so that the prophet will accomplish these objectives. And of course, he will do it. The main verb of the verse here expresses the idea that God has set the prophet over the nations and kingdoms. The phrase set you over is puckered in Hebrew and it could be translated make an overseer. You see, my friend, from this position, the prophet is to exercise judgment. How? By rooting out, by pulling down, by destroying, by throwing down. Yet he is also to lay a foundation for a new faith and hope by building and planting. The prophet Jeremiah prophesied during the reigns of Josiah, Jehoiakim, Jehoaz, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. All these kings had various bureaus and government projects. They were all going to improve Jerusalem. They were going to deal with the ecology and get rid of the slums. They each had a poverty program, but none of them paid much attention to Jeremiah. They actually ignored him. Now almost 3,000 years have passed by. Could you mention any of those government projects today? Can you tell me anything worthwhile that was done by Zedekiah? Can you mention anything that Jehoiakim or Jehoiakim did? Not a good thing is mentioned. Yet in their day, everybody thought they were doing the right thing, the popular thing. Jeremiah was ignored. But whom do we read today? We read of Jeremiah. The same is true today. Sometimes we get so engrossed into all these projects, ignoring the word of God. Jeremiah stands out now outstanding, even though he was ignored. So God's word became true here when he said, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. That's what God had called him, and indeed he was going to supply the power that he needed to execute such a task, which was really an enormous task. 
The book of Jeremiah here is the word of God, my friend. It has survived and is going to survive through our day. Our nations no longer hear God. We need to hear him in our classrooms, out of our schools, out of our universities. We need to listen to God. We need to hear God in the military. Our scientists need to listen to God. But God is speaking and his word will survive. It does not help to ignore God when he speaks. The book of Jeremiah remains today. Jeremiah continues to be known. Zedekiah, Jehoiakim, Josiah, they are all forgotten, even though they engaged in something that they thought was worthwhile. My friend, hearing and heeding the word of God actually has a lasting legacy. Has a lasting legacy. Do you ever wish to do something that will live even after you are gone? Obey the word of God. God is telling Jeremiah here that he is going to put him in charge of giving his word to the nation of Judah. And poor little Jeremiah wants to retire before he even gets the job started. But God's appointment brings with it his commitment of authority to carry out his goals for the prophet. God now gives Jeremiah two tremendous pictures concerning his call to the prophetic office. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Jeremiah 1 verse 11 and verse 12. Now here there is a play on two words which are very similar in appearance and pronunciation. Almond tree, or the watcher, in verse 11 there, is a rendering of the Hebrew word shaked. The Hebrew term translated, I am ready, in verse 12, is shaked. Shaked, shaked, you see? The play of words. The ancients often arranged words cleverly by changing the sense of a word through altering a letter or by playing upon words similar in sound or senses. As Jeremiah observed the almond tree, he was reminded of God's message that divine surveillance accompanies divine pronouncement. The almond tree was actually the first tree to come out of the long night of winter and bloom in the spring. Like the almond tree, Jeremiah was to be an alarm clock, an awaker, so to say. Wow. He was going to try to wake people up, but they didn't want to be awakened. No one who is asleep likes to be awakened. An alarm clock is one of the most unpopular things in the world because they disturb good sleep, so to say. And God is saying, that's what you will be. You are ready but you must be ready, you are waking up people. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, What are you seeing? I see an almond tree. You have seen well, the Lord said, for I am ready to perform my word. God is ready to perform his word. He is ready to perform his word. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, what do you see? 
And I said, I see a boiling pot, and it is facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north, calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. Jeremiah 1, verse 13 and verse 14. You see, God is saying, that's right. I will give you a word that will wake them up. It will shake them out of their sleep. Now, the seething pot or the boiling pot was a large water pot used as a cooking utensil for boiling. As the prophet watches its contents spill from the north, God warns him that from that direction evil will come upon his people. While Babylonians were the evil in mind, Jeremiah points out that the people have actually made God their enemy, their foe. In Jeremiah's time, Egypt and Assyria were no longer a danger to the southern kingdom of Judah, but around the fertile crescent in the north was a boiling pot, the rising power of Babylon, which was to eventually destroy Judah. It was to be Jeremiah's job to constantly warn his people what was going to happen to their nation. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come, and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around, and against all the cities of Judah. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 15. Well, a century earlier, God had delivered Jerusalem, and now all the false prophets were running around saying that he was going to do it again. All of God's prophets of the past, Hosiah, Joel, Amos, Micah, and Nahum, all those who had been contemporaries of Isaiah, had now passed off the scene, and I think Zephaniah and Habakkuk were still living now. Hezekiah, Ezekiel, and Obadiah were also contemporaries, with Jeremiah, but they were not going to prophesy until the captives are actually in Babylon. Daniel too will prophesy later on, but at this time Jeremiah stands alone and he is to utter these words of judgment that are to come upon the nation. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north. They shall come and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around, and against all the cities of Judah. Well, several truths about service to God here emerge from Jeremiah's commission, and those are very important to understand. Jeremiah's message was only to consist of what God had commanded. It is very important to note. Secondly, Jeremiah's message was only to consist of that which God had commanded. All was to be told. Thirdly, his message was to consist in his mission. Jeremiah was not to be dismayed by the responses of the people, whether of condensation or threat, nor was he to be discouraged over the pain of being reduced to confusion before those to whom he was sent. Fourthly, Jeremiah's confidence was 
based upon God's promise to make the prophet invincible. That is what verse 18 of this chapter will talk about. And lastly, the prophet also was promised opposition, but he was also promised victory by the hand of the Lord. Verse 19 will talk about these things. It's important to keep these truths in our minds. Otherwise, you can carry yourself through this book and this passage feeling all is dark, all is dark. Know that what he was to do, even though he was thinking he is limited, what God had commanded and what God had given him, it was God's mission. And that is very important. Jeremiah 1 verse 17 tells us, Therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. That is getting serious now. Jeremiah is to deliver what God has given him. He should not be dismayed. All his confidence is what he is giving them is what God had given them. The phrase prepare yourself here could be rendered gird up your loins if you like. This suggests the gathering up of the long flowing robes worn by the men of the east as they tied the cumbersome robe around the waist in preparation for hand-to-hand combat. Here the phrase is used metaphorically to suggest needful preparation for the fierce and intense conflict to come. Furthermore, the phrase may be suggestive of the readiness of mind which is demanded of the one who is entering the prophetic ministry or for that matter any Christian service. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13 admonishes all who will engage themselves in God's work to have a readiness of mind. So from God's perspective, there are no other options for the one whom he has called to do his work. It is only God who will sustain. Moses had the same experience. He was not willing, but God was going to give him a word. He was going to encourage him all the more. So what will be the nation's reaction to this message as it goes? Well, listen to this. They will fight against you. But they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Jeremiah 1 verse 19. That is a message of consolation. That is encouragement. The only response that these people would give would be antagonism, fighting you. But God gives his assurance. They shall not prevail against you. Why? His sustaining presence will be there. And his deliverance is assured. Jeremiah is assured of success on the condition of faith in God. He ultimately prevailed over all his enemies and his prophecies were verified, attesting him to be a true prophet of the Lord. The Lord says to Jeremiah, go ahead. They are going to resist you. They won't listen to the message, but you give the message. And Jeremiah feels incapable and unworthy of the office of a prophet. And he has offered this as an excuse. But God says, I am going to put my words in your mouth. And you will be giving my words, not your words, Jeremiah. Now, I do not believe that any man 
ought to stand in the pulpit and give a message until you have absolute assurance that you are giving out the word of God. If you do have doubts in your mind, and if you feel that you are giving out your own ideas, if you feel that you are going to preach even a liberal or social gospel, you ought to stay out of the pulpit. Don't speak it, regardless of how much homiletics or hermeneutics or theology or sophisticated training you may have. Unless you are confident you are giving out the word of God, you must stay out of the pulpit. That is very important, my friend. Jeremiah could be confident that he was giving out the very words of God, and therefore he was told, do not fear. Are you giving out the word of God? Praise God if you do. If you are playing with the word of God and taking it for granted, remove your hands. Get out of that business. It's not what God has called us to. It is a faithful word that sustains us it is also a faithful word that will never pass away, while everything else, including the world, will pass away. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.